You are now tuned in to the Sports Counterpoints podcast. This is your host, I'm GB, uh, stars of the show. Got B. Mori out of Southern Cal. Got Coop out of South Central Hayward, as always. What's up, guys? What's going on? All right. Man, welcome back. Let's get it. Got a lot going on. NBA Finals. Um, it's June 10th, 2019. Uh, this is episode 17, I believe. So today we're going to be speaking about the finals, um, Warriors and Raptors. Game just wrapped maybe an hour ago, if that. Uh, we'll be talking about if a loss does any damage to Steph Curry's legacy. We'll talk about should there be any asterisks for titles won um, or lost based on injury or extenu- extenuating circumstance. And also a little NBA free agency chatter with the guys. So let's just dive right into the finals. Uh, Jay Coop, what's on your mind, man? Man, uh, after watching this game, I really thought Toronto was going to pull it out, but they sort of blew it at the end. The Warriors had a couple clutch threes and uh, ended up pulling out the game. But I can't see uh, Toronto, I mean the Warriors, uh, winning three straight games against Toronto. To me, in this series, uh, without Durant, uh, Toronto is clearly the better team. I've noticed ever since game two that Toronto's shots are much easier than the Warriors. The Warriors are having to work hard for their shots. And the reason why is Toronto's length is giving them trouble, similar to what they did to Milwaukee. They have a lot of length and size on that team, and uh, they're giving the Warriors trouble. And the Warriors' shots are, you know, they're, they're coming, they're coming, they're hard. They're hard to come by. Today they hit 23 pointers, 20 out of 42, and Toronto only hit 8 out of 32. But yet the Warriors still only won by a point. Uh, that right there is a, a telling sign that, you know, if you haven't been watching this series, Toronto is going to end up being the NBA champions. Now, the Warriors might be able to pull out game six, but game seven, I don't think they'll be able to do. I, it's going to be hard for them actually to win game six, in my opinion. But um, game seven in Toronto, I, I got I would have Toronto all day uh, in that game. Um, besides that, um, my only take other takeaway from this game is that. Um, Look, watching this game reminded me of game three uh, a couple of years back when Cleveland played uh, the Warriors. It was a series that Cleveland came back from the 3-1 deficit. Well, in that game, uh, Kyrie and LeBron and all the rest of the guys, they hit everything in the first half. They even scored an NBA Finals record for uh, for points scored in the first half. And Glenn, I think we were all at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings actually watching that game when that happened, to be honest with you. Yeah, but um, I think so. Yeah, with everybody else. So we're watching that game. But it was clear at that point, even though uh, no, they barely won that game, despite the offensive output that Cleveland had, uh, you still knew when healthy that uh, that uh, the Golden State Warriors were the better team. And of course, you know, Draymond got kicked out game five, but that really wasn't the difference in that series. In my opinion, it was when Andrew Bogut got hurt because Kyrie and LeBron had free passes to the basket and they ended up winning the title. But uh, that's what this game reminded me of. So I still think to I think at this point right now, Toronto is the better team. Um, I don't think I and I did say in the last podcast, the only way I could see uh, Kevin Durant coming back is they, if they were down two games in this series and they were down three to one and he came back. And obviously he wasn't, you know, where he should be. Um, I've always also said when, before we did our NBA preview, uh, Brian, I said if the Warriors don't win the title, they can blame DeMarcus Cousins because he's a loser. So and I think, uh, you know. Hey, he's on the team. He's not as big of a factor as people, a lot of Warrior fans thought he would be, which I knew he wouldn't be. He doesn't fit with this team. They're bad defensively, and they're not as efficient offensively with him on the court. 
the problem with them, with the Warriors defense is that when DeMarcus Cousins and Curry are on the court at the same time, that's two bad defensive players at the same time on the court. And you can't hide two bad defensive players. You can hide one like the Bulls did with Tony Kukos back in the day, like the Lakers did with Derek Fisher and like the Warriors do with Curry. But once you have two, that's hard. And Brian, we did also say that the Warriors bench is just not that good. So when somebody like Durant goes down, it's going to really affect your team. Um, of course, I, I would think differently if Iggy and Clay were more healthy. If they were healthy and, the, and if um, maybe Loney, who was a body, not that good, but a body, if he was more healthy, I would have no problem picking the Warriors. But I think uh, just injuries and everything and the way Toronto is playing and that momentum that they have, I just think Toronto is going to win the series. I'll stop there. Okay. Well, first of all, you said that you didn't think that the uh, Golden State bench was that good. I think that they're actually pretty solid, um, given the amount of money that they had to spend on it. I actually think Kevin Looney is a player um, and will be a factor for years to come. He's is injured. Iguodala is clearly very injured. Um, obviously, Katie went down today in, in what looks like a, a torn Achilles, um, that meaning you know he'll be out most of next season, if not all of it. Um, so, you know, the, war, the, the Warriors are just suffering from an accumulation of injuries. I do completely agree with you about DeMarcus Cousins. We've, we and I always are on the same page. We, we both think that he is not nearly as valuable um, as, as he thinks he is or others think he is. He's, he's never really been the, the difference between um, a team winning and losing, as a matter of fact. And I, I hate to say it because he got injured. Um, and then AD stepped up and, and the Pelicans actually looked better after he got injured. But um, it, it, it's it's clear that, you know, there's just too much for Golden State Warriors to overcome. I'm keeping my pick just because I don't want to change it. Um, and, you know, I'm going to I rooted for him today. A lot of my rooting has to do with just watching the antics of the Toronto fans who were absolutely classless in rooting for um, the in, or cheering on the injury of, of KD and then the stuff that Drake does on the sidelines. You know, I, it's so classless. I don't have the ability to root for him. So I'll stick with Golden State and say that they're going to find a way to win in seven, heart of the champion and all the other stuff. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, when he gets focused, um, does help on offense. I know I agree with you that they're not as efficient with him on the court, but that's because they never get him there consistently. You know, because he was in and out of the lineup all season, they never really were able to work it in. And right when they did, he got hurt again. So, you know, Cousins has some the ability to help a little bit. Uh, their defense is just awful, as you mentioned, because uh, Cousins is just has no lateral movement um, and isn't very committed, except for in the first two minutes of the game when he was you know, jumping all over everybody. And I was convinced he's going to get a technical. That was the last game, not this one. Um, beginning of this game, though, you know, they proved without a doubt that with a full team, even at 70 percent, of those players, right? So KD wasn't at his best. Clay still isn't his best. Iguodala, Looney, not at their best. Um, that they are so much better than everyone else. I mean, they had what a, an eight-point lead and immediately jumped it up to to twelve to fourteen right after KD got hurt uh, early on. That it was it was obvious that they are a lot better than Toronto and everybody else really um, in, in the league today. But as you mentioned, you know. Get rid of every, get rid of KD. Injure three other players. Um, you know they're 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 just behind the eight ball, and that's that's unfortunate. So, like I said, uh, I'll stick with my pick. I'm just gonna believe in my heart more than my mind that uh, 
that the Golden State Warriors will, you know, show the heart of a champion, find a way to win at home, bring it to Game Seven, and and we'll see if if uh, um, you know Lowry can can do what it takes to to make it a winner. I don't know that he can stand that kind of pressure of a Game Seven. I know Kawhi can, and he'll go get his thirty. But as we saw tonight, you know, Kawhi did not. Everyone always talks about how he's got a little Kobe in him. Kobe would have had four people on him, and he still would have been the one taking that last shot. Uh, Kawhi needed to make sure that he was the one taking that last shot. There's someone as skilled and talented as him only being down with one by one. There's no excuse for him not to be able to get a decent shot up or draw a foul, even with two guys on him. Um, but uh, but that's that's you know that's kind of how I see it. Uh, and I'll just echo my own point. Uh, the the Raptors fans were classless in what they did tonight and rooting against uh, KD and not rooting against him for the for play, but rooting against him when he got hurt, you know, cheering Kyle Lowry by, is the only guy that I saw tell all the fans to shut up and respect to him for that. Yeah. I think he went over there to him. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, yeah, I'm with you on that uh, whole Kawhi thing. They tried to compare him to LeBron, which I didn't like. Now they're trying to compare him to Kobe, which I don't like them. Those are, two of the top 10 players ever to play the game. Kawhi is good, but he's, he's not on that level. But um, Kyle Lowry, I actually thought that uh, Toronto was going to hit that last shot until the ball ended up in Kyle Lowry's hands. And I was like, oh, game over. Yeah, I, I don't think he, I think he hit the back of the backboard. I don't think he was close to the rim. So, yeah, game over. I'm not sure three. he hit the back of the backboard. I think it might have went behind <laughs> the backboard. It was, and, it was, it was an awful shot. You know, and, and like you, Brian, I, I I I want the Warriors to win for my bet with Alvin. I gotta give a shout out, but I've already conceded that during first week in the football season at your house, I'm gonna have to wear that damn Raiders shirt, so uh, or jersey or whatever the hell he has for me. So I would like the Warriors to pull it out, but I just can't see them winning three straight games. So I think shout uh, out to Alvin. Looks like he won this one. Go ahead. Yeah, the bet was that uh, if the Warriors win, um, Alvin has to wear a, a Niners shirt. And if the Raptors win, Jason has to wear a Raiders shirt, rival fans, et cetera. So it'll be the first time I've ever seen Jason Dangner in black, let alone black and silver. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the only time I've ever rooted against the Warriors, but I wanted them to win today for sure. So I can't front. Like, if they win, you know what I mean? I mean, I can't root against Cali under any circumstance. I find it interesting about – I didn't see the play when KD got hurt. I tuned, turned in late. Um, but I find it interesting that the fans were rooting against them, especially when – you know, like the other footage I've seen of Canadian fans was so, so nice and so gentle yeah. and so oh, genuine. Oh, so I'm cheering. wondering who these guys were. You know what I mean? Like oh, who were. were no, the crowd no, no, no. It, it was the entire crowd. Like who were cheering. these people? Oh, yeah, they were cheering. It, yeah. it was like weird. Philly when Mike Lurvin went down with a neck injury. It's like, it's like it was like that. That's weird. And that's how exactly I was. Yeah. I didn't see it. So it's just yep. so strange to me. After and I know that all I've seen, yeah, you know, I know that they want it. You know, I get it. You know, and it's it's a big deal to them. But. If you are happy, you need to keep those feelings in yourself, you know, and silent, just be silent and, you know, let KD move off the court and then cheer your team as they win. Um, and quite honestly, you know, what would happen right after that was Golden State kind of went a little mini run, you know, mm -hmm. got a little hype and they only won by one. So you could say that the fans shot themselves in the foot by yeah. sparking the fire under a championship team. I mean, I don't yeah. know that, you know, you can at any point in time, you can find one point, but uh, just because it, 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 because of what they did, yeah. it, it was truly classless. And watching that, I was just like, that's just pathetic. 
Yeah, and, and you know, a championship team like the Warriors, you know, that I think people say, oh, man, that didn't affect them. I think it affected them a little bit where they wanted to come out and make a run and make a statement. So yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I think it really affected them. If they had not done that and just, you know, let, you know, whatever, let them get off the court or whatever and continue to support their team, I really think they would have won that game because they would have had a lot of momentum on their side. But, um, but yeah, I'm with you on that one. And, and one more thing, Cousins and Green did their absolute best to lose to this trick game. it off yeah that's oh right. my god that's right i they do think that, that cousins uh put back was good they should have yeah they shouldn't they should have turned overturned that right but i mean the antics the pouting the missing yeah. of layups the um the getting a technical at a key moment for no good reason yeah. you know, he's lucky he didn't get kicked out of the game yeah um and he's now he's one technical away so uh from being suspended for the next game so if he gets a single tech so I, don't, I know Curry pulled him aside. You cannot get a single t- – I do not care if someone spits in your mouth while you're taking a layup. You yeah. cannot say a darn word because he gets one more tech. He's out for game seven. Man, for, for Draymond gets – I'm sorry. He gets a lot of leeway, man. I remember the same series I was talking about earlier, that Cleveland uh, uh, Warriors series. Man, he got three technicals in one game. One got rescinded, and then one went to Steve Kerr. So he only received one tech that whole game. He should have been <laughs> kicked out. So, I mean, he gets – People act like, oh, man, they got out, they got something out for him, man. He gets away with a lot of lip, okay? He has to go, like, over, overboard to give him a tech. So He better yeah. go do some yoga and get zen before he <laughs> yeah, gets he, six. I mean, he, yeah, he, I thought he was getting kicked out, especially when he threw his hand at the ref a couple times and he was yelling and stomping. I was like, ah, yeah, so I'm with you. But other than that, that's the only thoughts I have on this game. Just waiting for game six. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Bring it back to Oakland. I'm hoping that they win because I thought it was bogus as hell to lose the potentially the last two games in Oakland. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the yeah. same thing when the Raiders yeah. come out too. Like, they better win that game against the Jags, bro. I don't care what we got to do. Like, y'all better not lose <laughs> on the last damn game. Um, that's, that's not don't, cool. Don't put too much hope in that one. Oh, man. Hey, I, I mean, they, they rise when they're supposed to rise. We may not win no other ones, but they'll rise when they're supposed to rise. So... <laughs> So yeah, they like, got like when they were zero and eleven to beat the 49ers. Yeah, like I told you, they probably would. Man, yeah. I remember that. And then um, they rose up that game because uh, they lost the week before, like forty to nothing to the Rams. And I said that don't mean nothing. It was fifty-two. I remember. And then they had, you know um, and then last year against the uh, Broncos too, and they, we thought it was the last game and they were out there showing. So we'll see. Anyway, I just hope that they. I mean, it would be cool for the Warriors to win it because they're opening the new stadium. So first night, first you know, opening night, put up a banner. I mean, in the new building is pretty freaking dope if you can do it but we'll see it's not looking too good based off i mean the raptors definitely gave them one though for sure because they had this game yeah they handed it to them from the and only watched like the last like seven minutes so all right so another question coop was we were kind of mulling around um coop do you think and you mentioned this if they lose if the warriors lose does this damage steph curry's legacy in any way uh, in my opinion, no, but I think that'll be a narrative and I'll understand why, because what I've heard so far is that, hey, you know, to me, in my opinion, Durant makes them like a, a really special team. Without Durant, they're a good team, but Durant makes them special. Um, and, you know, Curry and then won the first title when, you know, uh, Kyrie and Love, they were out. Then Durant came, they won, you know, two or three or whatever. And now Durant is out and it looks like, you know, unless they can pull out some type of miracle, they're going to lose this series. So I've heard a few people, you know, you know, talk about Steph. And it's the same people who just don't like the Warriors. It's like those people who don't like LeBron uh, when he went to Miami, even though that was the right decision. 
you know, there's always people who just don't like him for that or just don't like him, period. So, you know, they, they look, they nitpick for things like that. And for Steph, you know, to me, it doesn't damage his legacy. The thing I like about Steph is he knows who he is and he's an unselfish superstar. He allowed Kevin Durant to come over, recruited him and lets Kevin Durant shine. And then, of course, when Durant is out, he has to do his thing. I just think the qualities that he has as a basketball player and I guess a leader of a team, I actually love about him. And people, I mean, titles, I understand people want to count and your legacy, but I don't think that diminishes you as a player in certain situations. And in this situation, we all know you're going to need a team. You're going to need good teammates to win titles. And, um, you know, it looks like playing him probably won't be enough to win this series, but even though Durant's not there, I don't think it damages Steph's legacy. I just think Steph is a great, great shooter. I'm not saying he's a great all around player, but he's a great shooter. He understands the game and I like his unselfishness as a superstar. B. Just know that they didn't start, they didn't really get too far behind in this until Clay got hurt too. So um, the team was pretty much decimated, right? By the time they started look, showing signs, it was Clay, uh, Clay Looney, uh, Cousins was was just coming back, uh, KD out, uh, Nugudala. So, I mean, that's a lot. Uh, and Curry then dropped 47 points. Does it does it tarnish his, his, his legacy? Absolutely not. I mean, any person who hates... Steph Curry as a basketball player really needs to look at themselves for a moment because not only is he a great basketball player, a great leader, a selfless leader, he's also a really great human being. The things that he's done both for his community, he's he went and created, he, you know, went to the people that make his shoe after a little girl said, hey, you need to make a shoe that's more designed for women and design shoes, made uh, athletic shoes and uh, basketball shoes for women uh, as a response to that. Why? I know that there's a ton of people. If you look at the, the ESPN statistics about who's rooting for who, everybody except for, I think it was Nevada and um, California were, were rooting for the Raptors. So I know there's a lot of people who hate um, the Raptors, sorry, hate the Golden State Warriors and as by proxy hate Steph Curry. But why? And why would you even think that this has anything to do with his legacy? He's won before. When you create a team, and you add someone like uh, Kevin Durant and you pay him $30 million, you take a lot out of the rest of the pieces that help you, right? You take one, get rid of one uh, Kevin Durant, you can bring in two or three more veterans who know how to play in these situations. Instead, you give up having those veterans and you bring in somebody like KD. So when he goes down, you, your whole team is impacted. You know, it's not like it's a like for like replacement. It's not like he's, you know, and uh, he's going to be able to go, you know, Katie's on the sideline. They're going to be able to go and take and redo the free agency. So you know, if you think about it from a, a basketball X's and O's standpoint, it's not a like for like type situation where someone like Katie goes down and then, you know, Clay is just supposed or uh, uh, Steph is just supposed to magically be able to make up for all of the other injuries that are going on in the team. You know, it's not just KD. But the other thing is, is that this this narrative or this question kind of goes on for several basketball players over the life over our lifetimes. And when it's all said and done, people count rings, people count stats. You know, nobody talks about Reggie Miller in and and, and say that oh he's his legacy is tarnished. Nobody talks about Carl Malone and John Stockton and you know, those people are still considered and, uh, and and revered as some of the best players at their various positions and in the game. And they didn't win any championships. Clay's got 
three um, in working on four on four and five years, which nobody in the post-merger era has ever done. That's the other thing is, is like, you know, literally, if they win this, they will do something that nobody in the traditional NBA post ABA merger has ever done Win four and five. Um, so, no, I don't think it impacts uh, the legacy at all. And, uh, you know, and, and if people want to I'll, I'll throw them a bone. If, if people want to say those types of things about Golden State, they can go and say, oh, the only reason they won one of them is because Kyrie was hurt. Um, they only won another one because CP3 got hurt. I mean, there's always something along those lines. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But Steph's legacy is going to always be as a great leader, a great basketball player, and a great man. And I don't like the Golden State Warriors outside of this series. I do not root for them. You know, I just have a lot of respect for great basketball players. Steph Curry is a great basketball player. And to uh, piggyback on that, um, winning four out of five titles, what people don't understand is, you know, even Jordan, he only won three straight. And when he retired, he actually knew he was going to retire before he won the third ring. And the reason he said he was tired is because of mental and physical fatigue. People seem to think just because if Jordan played, they would have won eight straight. And people don't understand it's injuries and that takes a toll on your body playing all of those extra games. So that's why people don't win four out of five titles anymore. It's just damn hard. And, and that was did it. That was a what? I was going to say, and that also is, you know, right now, these guys have wraparound seasons, right? Because yeah. you know, LeBron's and Steph's and all them, they go right into FIBA World Championships and yep. they go right into the Olympic qualifiers and they go right into the Olympics, so on and so forth. So th- it's not like there's a there's a break where yeah. at some point in time, you know, everybody gets to, to chill out for a, a little while. When you yeah. win three, four, five, when you're in the finals with five straight years, uh, or like LeBron has been as well, you are playing competitive basketball at the highest levels nonstop. Yeah. Um, that was not the case back when um, when Jordan was there because they only came and played once every four years, and that was only started in 1984. You know, prior to that, it didn't happen at all. There was always an offseason. They also had less games, so on and so yeah. forth. So this is a new, you know, new world. And winning, winning if they were to, which I don't, I, I'm not so certain anymore. Like I said, I'm sticking with my pick. But, um, it would be it would be a really really amazing accomplishment, and if anybody, I mean, not to say that they do, but to think how large the accomplishment would be if they were able to do it, given all of the injuries, right? Oh given, man, given yeah, four out of five, it would be so impressive that he yeah. was able to do that that his legacy would be cemented. So it yeah. can't go from your legacy is going to be top echelon to basement based on one series, one game or one or two games. Like you can't go from, from the top to, to the, the gutter. What he's trying to do is unparalleled in the, the NBA history. Yeah. So. I'm, I'll add one thing. Then I'll ask you a question, Brian. Um, for the record, just people listening. I love these. I mean, I hate the Patriots like most people, but <laughs> I, I, um, you know, their excellence, the way they run their, you know, little business corporation and how, you know, pretty much everybody's expendable except the quarterback. I mean, I like that, you know, um, what the Warriors are doing. Of course, I wish it was the Lakers, but, you know, you have to admire they drafted well. You know, they got good coaches or whatever, you know, and they're doing their thing. So I love dynasties. Now, I hate Alabama's dynasty. I always usually root for them when they I mean, uh, root against them when they're playing national when they're playing for the college football national titles i don't like you know alabama um for other reasons but um but i love dynasties but uh, brian let me ask you a question so i heard Kawhi in an interview and we all know Kawhi, you know just took off 22 games with what they call load management yeah but he said the reason 
he pretty much basically said the reason why he's able the to do his thing now is because he set out those 22 games. Yeah. So my question to you is, if they win, if Toronto wins the title and they see that Kawhi took off those 20-plus games, do you see that's going to be a trend next year in the NBA starting next year? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it'll be a trend for everyone, but you can rest assured the LeBrons who are, you know, these superstars that are over 30, right? Young superstars mm. are going to be, you're not going to see Giannis doing load management. Right. But you're gonna see you're gonna see the LeBrons, right? Uh, it's looking a lot like KD probably won't even play next season. If so, it'll be you know he'll be a, a playoff addition, uh, similar to what they thought with with Cousins. Uh, you know, yeah, guys like Cousins. I can see that for your over the age of thirty, your thirty one, thirty two year old superstars starting to do that more. And and the one point that was made, I was listening to um, an analyst today. And uh, and she made the comment very, very aptly was this is exactly what San Antonio has been doing forever. Kawhi yeah. learned this from Greg Popovich. Yep. He did this with Duncan. He did this with Parker. He did this with Ginobili. He did this with Robinson, you know, and he did it with Kawhi. So, yeah. um, you know, this is something that that he has seen and he knew the value of it. He knew knows the value of getting, you know, not playing back the occasional back to back. And, you know, when there's when there's games where realistically you're going to be able to win without one of your yeah. stars, you give yeah. one of your stars a night off. Yeah. That's like, that's in, like in Cleveland smart. on a Tuesday night. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I, uh, I um, yeah, I, I agree with that. But also I, I, the fact that I think if you're a player, you know, your own body. And I think Kawhi knows he's not built to go 82 in all the games, every single season. I think he knows that about himself. So if he knows if he plays about 60, 62 games or whatever, He'll be fresh and ready for the playoffs. So I think that's another thing because he did say that he didn't trust the San Antonio doctors during the time he was still with San Antonio because they they felt that he felt that they were trying to rush him back on the court. But he says that he wasn't ready, even though they said he was. So I took that as he knows his own body better than them, and maybe partially later on because he just didn't want to play for him. But I mean, um, you know. I mean, it's not a hard that's not a hard thing to know. Like right. Father Time is undefeated. There's 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 no boxing match that he hasn't lost. Right. Uh, he has, he's lost. Uh, you know, everyone talked about LeBron, who has been relatively healthy throughout his career. He is what, you know, early 30s. What is it? 33 now or something like that. And all of a sudden, here's the injuries. Kobe, you know, I've always yeah. been able to play through him, uh, you know, basically gave up his the rest of his career to get the, the Lakers in the playoffs. The year he tore his Achilles. Uh, you know, so it's proof that I'm, I'm sorry, it, B. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. B. I just got a text. I got to let you know this. Um, I got to let you know this too, Glenn. Anybody have a VCR? My cousin wants to watch the Lakers championships from years ago. Now that's just cold. Well, just you know, cold. they saw well, a joint, hey, they they saw a joint on NBA hey, classic, bro. It was only eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't uh, worry about I'm it. I'm sorry, B. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, the, the, the reality of it is, is that, you know, father time is undefeated all I can, that's why I said, I can totally see these, um, over 30 superstars, the LeBrons, KDs, Kawhis, um, so on and so Kyrie, um, so on and so forth are going to start doing that. But I can't see the Giannis's and, uh, I think Kimba's still under, under 30. I can't see those younger, just established superstars, 
uh, doing that because they still need to go into every arena and they still need to be on every national televised game and they need to they need to get every fan and every marketing dollar that they can. Um, and, and they can't they don't have the leeway that the LeBrons and KDs and Kawhis and the list goes on. Okay. Word up. All right. Um, so that's a good point there. So now let's kind of slide into the free agency uh, market. Um, Brian, actually, you start on this one just because you had some good points, how you feel like the market's kind of reset and, and heavily changed based off of recent <clears throat> events. So we're just talking about NBA free agency. B? Yeah. So, so I absolutely think that we just basically hit the reset bunny on, on, re, on free agency with the injury tonight. Uh, and that's that's sad, um, but it, it's a reality. So every year there's one free agent at the top of the list and free agency kind of goes on pause until that person signs. And this year that person was KD. And so if everyone's speculation is true and, you know, looking at the Golden State Warriors GM in tears, as he said that it was an Achilles injury, which, and if you watch the video in slow motion, I sent it to both you, uh, Glenn and, and Jason, you can see it pop. You can see a tear and roll. So, you know, he most likely tore his Achilles. That means he is out in basketball for a full year. Think of what happened in, in Boston, you know, that the Achilles injury in the NBA is devastating. It's basically like the, an ACL injury in football 20 years ago when, you know, it happened to Gale Sayers and, and, you know, so on and so forth. It was the, the careers were over. It's not even 20 years ago, man, I'm old. But, you know, back in the day when an ACL injury used to end your career, that's the kind of injury that an Achilles injury is in, in the NBA. Now, they come back from it, but it takes a, you know, they come back from it one year and then it takes another year to establish themselves as great again because they don't have the explosiveness, uh, explosiveness and everything else. So my prediction now is that there is no free agency for Kevin Durant. I don't think Kevin Durant opts out. I think he keeps, he stays in, in Golden State, knowing that he's basically rehabbing for the entire uh, next season, enjoys his $31.5 million of guaranteed money, and then next year, next summer, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And he then kind of gambles on getting a max deal somewhere, which uh, I think Jason and I were talking about a little earlier. We both think he probably will get. So what happens then? If Kawhi wins in Toronto, I do think that there's a chance that he stays now. I didn't. I wouldn't have said that even a week or two ago. I would have said he was on the first thing going because he wanted to go someplace else, even if they did win. But I think the whole landscape has changed. I could absolutely see Kawhi signing a, a max deal with an out after a couple of years. You know, every two years, like Kevin Durant and LeBron did. Uh, so that he has some flexibility, but also gets to come stay and defend their title because staying and defending your title is, is a big deal to any player. So, you know, now you have your top two free agents that were absolutely going to set the market leaving. The impact from that is I don't Kyrie's a solo act now. Every, the assumption was that he was going to go probably to Brooklyn at the most recent speculation, but go there with KD because we all think Kyrie has recognized that one, he's not the guy who can carry a team by himself. And two, he wants to have somebody else to form one of those superpower teams. So, you know, now Kyrie's a solo act. I don't know where he goes is all that interesting. You know, him going to Brooklyn by himself. Great. He gets, he's going to get a ton of money. 
But is anybody now going to sit there and say that the the Brooklyn Nets are a prohibitive uh, favorite to win? And you know, D'Angelo goes and he comes on. What's the difference, really? You know, between Kyrie and and D'Angelo Russell. And I'm, I'm not saying that Russell's better or worse, but the difference is not is is, is not that big, right? And so then you get down to free agency becoming about Jimmy Butler, Kimba Walker, Tobias Harris, um, and and Chris Middleton, who's uh, you know, the big splash that he has the ability to make is that he gets a max offer from another team and Milwaukee has three days to match. And of course they match and they mess with Milwaukee a little bit because now they have a max max player in Middleton instead of a close to max player in Middleton, which is about what he'd normally get signed for. So your free agency, which was supposed to be about Kyrie, Clay, and Kawhi, um, and you know, guys like Jimmy Butler go come back down to, you know, oh, Jimmy Butler and Kimba Walker could 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 be really great additions to your team. Uh, I think, I think free agency just completely changed. Um, Maybe got a little less exciting uh, for, for those of us who are, you know, wondering what would happen to our teams as Laker fan. Obviously I'm wondering uh, what will happen there. And I think that trades become a lot more um, what people are hoping for. So instead of wondering what's going to happen with Katie, Kawhi, Kyrie, uh, and so on. People are going to wonder about Bradley Beal, um, AD, uh, Chris Paul, uh, and and I'm not saying that just because the Lakers are in the conversations for all of that. But I'm saying if you're the New York Knicks, if you're Boston, if you're Houston, um, you know, trying to make the big splash in free agency it is not going to be as important. The other thing I think we might see last one last thing. The other thing I, I, I think might happen is you're going to see a lot of people get way more money than they ever could have imagined that they were, that, that people could imagine that they were worth. And that's because you have so many teams that went to go, went to work to try and free up two max spots. And there were, there weren't even enough max players to fill the ones that were there, but you just lost two or three. So the, you're going to have all these teams. Let's take the Clippers. The Clippers have, to do something in free agency. They know they are a player or two away from becoming one of the best teams in the NBA with a good, a good supporting cast starting the team. They know that they have to, so they're going to, they have to pay not obviously not Tobias Harris, but a Tobias Harris guy type guy to go on and be part of that team. Max money because they have to make a splash. They can't go out of this free agency with nothing. Lakers might end up offering, you know, somebody who, gosh, please don't do the Timothy Mozgov stuff again. But, you know, you're going to see players who would not normally get top dollar, get top dollar, because people have to spend money in order to justify what they've been doing for two or three seasons. So, Jason. All right. Uh, so, starting with Kawhi, my position on Kawhi has never changed. Um, I think he's going to stay in Toronto. I've said that the last two podcasts. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, like to put the, the Knicks and Clippers in there, and, you know, I told you, put me in the I'll believe it when I see it category. So I think Kawhi stays, especially um, they win this title. Well, even if they don't, I still have him staying in Toronto. I don't see why he would leave. He pretty much can get everything he wants as a in personal life and as a player. I mean, they don't mind him sitting out 20, 25 games a year. I'm not sure if that's going to sit well uh, as a, bring a new, uh, being a new shiny free agent toy for the LA Clippers. I don't think that's going to fly. So I think Toronto is the best place for him. So I think he's going to stay Durant. Uh, I think Durant probably officially made up his mind during the game where Curry had 47 points and they still lost. Um, 
Yeah, that because that's exactly what it will be like if he was in uh if he was in New York, but he'll just have uh, lesser teammates, less talented teammates if he was playing for the Knicks. So I think Durant stays uh, for another uh, see at least one more season and has an opt out uh, for the next year. I like think they call it a one plus one. I still have Kyrie uh, going to. Play. Well, he doesn't have an opt out, so he, his opt out is this year, and then his no opt out this ends. year, and then he'll just sign another. I think he'll sign another one plus one, similar to what LeBron kept doing in Cleveland for like two, three straight years at one plus one. Uh, Kyrie, I still have him going to Brooklyn. Uh, you guys know my feelings on Kyrie. He doesn't care about winning. He's into himself. Brooklyn's going to pay him a lot of money. He grew up a Nets fan. Um, I see him just just going to Brooklyn. I uh, don't see him with the Celtics. I don't see him teaming up with KD with the Knicks. Um, so that Kyrie, I don't think he cares who's coming with him or not. Um, you know, he left Coach K after 11 games. He left LeBron. He, he's leaving Brad Stevens. He, like he's into himself. He just wants his money. Has his little team. We all know he's not a leader. He's not a one. He's not going to lead a team to a championship. But like I said, I don't think he really cares. I uh, have him going to Brooklyn. Um, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler just wants to get paid. He's 31 years old and he wants that big contract. So whoever pays him the most money, uh, that's where he's going. If it's Philly, then he's going to stay in Philly. If it's the Lakers, then he's going to you know, go to the Lakers. He's just going to the highest bidder because he wants to get paid, which I understand. This is going to be his last big contract. So he wants his money. Uh, as far as the Lakers was concerned, uh, it's going to be either trades and Jimmy Butler. I think that's all the chance that uh, that we have. Um, hopefully that team can make the playoffs. I'm not sure if that's a championship level team. Um, unless you know, a lot of people get injured again. But right. But um, but yeah, so my feelings on free agency has not changed. Uh, Durant staying, Kawhi staying, Kyrie going to Brooklyn and Jimmy Butler going to the highest, uh, the highest bidder. You skipped Clay and Kimba. Oh, Clay. Oh, Clay Stan. Uh, I got Clay Stan. Kimba, I don't really care about. But it is funny, though, that the Charlotte Hornets can offer him $221 million. That's hella funny. If Jordan does that, I mean, we already know he's not really a good executive or whatever, but uh, I can't see him paying Kimba Walker all that money. I can actually see Kimba going to New York. I can see New York paying him that kind of money because New York will do something like that. But, uh, I'm also interested, though, to see where Anthony Davis goes. Um, a, a, a lot of people have him going to the Knicks, and I, I'm not so sure that the Knicks actually have the players. And he does; He's not going to Boston. Boston is out of it. I don't care how many assets they got. He doesn't want to go there. So I still have the Lakers still semi-kind of in that running. I think it would have to be a three-team or four-team trade for that to happen. But um, I definitely have Anthony Davis not going to Boston and not going to New York. Interesting. Okay. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm wondering now with like the Kyrie thing, if if they tried to swing it, he come to us, and then we trade everybody away for AD, then that'd be that your, your weird three. But yep. I don't know. I, I'm just yeah. I'm leery about trading away a, a young promising core for someone who's going to need those 20 games that you guys just talked about per year. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, I like I like AD when he's playing, but I mean, it's a lot of injuries, man. So I don't he's know. He's not an alpha. He's not a dog. Anthony Davis is a good player, but he's not a dog. I think that know, works so, for that works know. with Braun, though, right? Oh well, yeah, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens, especially like we don't know what we're doing. I'm like Brian, just don't let's don't give like Demarcus a five year. Seriously, or Seriously. you know, and and I like Demarcus for who he was. I watched the documentary, like I said, you know, not a diss. I'm just saying, um, basketball wise, it's been you know, it's 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 a crapshoot. You know what I mean? You can't. 
you can't put any kind of uh, hope in that he'll be able to make it through the whole season, which I, I mean, it's crazy. It's 82 games a lot for anybody. I get that. But I'm just hoping that we don't yes. overpay for somebody like like Brian said, just because we have money. So we'll see. The, the Marcus, the I, Marcus I, I, I don't necessarily know that we're going to be the ones that overpay. I, I can see us doing it because we've done it in the past. And obviously there's all there's the this, the talk about LeBron maybe leaving if we strike out in free agency and all that other stuff. I don't believe any of that for a moment. Me. Um, you know, I, I know enough people who know what's going on with LeBron. You know, he is absolutely 100% committed to being in Los Angeles for the next four years. Yep. So, you know, he's not that, that has to do with a family situation and a business situation. So the Lakers are the beneficiary of him being locked in for that period. That's why he didn't put opt outs in this contract. He knew that he was coming here for four years. Um, but uh, I can absolutely, like you mentioned, see the Knicks um doing it and i can see either the knicks or brooklyn making a trade for ad and i know you know ad said he doesn't want to go there but i think what has what this whole Kawhi and toronto thing has proven is that gms they don't necessarily care i don't think that uh you know ad is going to go somewhere and possibly Definitely. you know be a win a championship but what they what was proven last year is Kawhi said, I want to go here, here, and here. And he's in Toronto right now. And it's working. And then before that, Paul George said, I want to go here, here, and here. And he is in uh, Oklahoma. And it worked out for them. So, you know, putting... Well, wait, you said you said AD doesn't want to go to Brooklyn, you said? Yeah. He, no, he, he, oh. he's, he's fine now He with the New York teams and the LA teams, according to the most, the most recent thing. Oh, okay. But yeah. I said, I can see either the Knicks or... He doesn't want to go to the Knicks unless they have players. Right. right. So he's expecting uh, Kyrie possibly to go there. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Kyrie's going to to Brooklyn now. So but I could see Brooklyn making a trade to try and get AD to team, to team up with Kyrie because of the things we talked about before and overpaying for him. And then I can also see the Knicks deciding that they'll do give up everything to bring AD there because they can't land a free agent because the organization, you know, if I would rather I think if I'm a player and I think this will prove out over the next, you know, four months. If I'm a player, I am more interested in the the turbulence of the Lakers organization than the train wreck that is the Knicks organization and the owner over there. You know, you may not think Jeannie Buss is a good owner, but at least she is not somebody that's deplorable and even the players don't want to have anything to do with. So what I was basically getting the point there is I don't know that the Lakers are the one that's going to over that are going to overspend. I think that they might be enough of a player with the Jimmy Butlers and, and everything else. And um, that they'll, they'll find a player that is regarded as a max player to put on the team, but I can absolutely see the Knicks. I can absolutely see the Clippers and, and, and the Clippers are obviously a better team than the Lakers right now when it comes to wins and losses but the organization still has that stepchild like aura to it. And I think it's going to be hard for them to get somebody to go there on their own. Um, you know, the concern is who gets desperate. This is, this is one of the things I, I, I think I'm going to kind of put this out there who gets desperate and has max money, doesn't get a player and decides to trade for Chris Paul, who's got a massive contract and is doesn't seem like he's a good fit in Houston because of the way that they want to play the game. So I'm going to answer that. Nobody. And here's nobody. what I'm going to tell you. I'm telling you that after tonight, 
it's somebody. It's because there's really? too many. Okay. There, if you go through and look at all the, the, there's too many people who cleared cap space to sign a max player, and and there's not enough max players anymore. So there's somebody who's going to go. I can bring Chris Paul. He can be added to blah blah blah. Right? You get you get uh, AD trade. You know, someone trades for Knicks trade for AD and trade for Chris Paul. They got young guys. They got draft picks, and they got cap space. I'm not saying that that's the necessary situation, but I can see somebody now getting desperate and doing something that we both, all of us agree is not a good idea, but looking for ways to spend that money, which because they don't want to come out of free agency or the summer looking like they hadn't done anything. Wow. I think the reason why that that got put out to be perfectly honest with you is uh, because he wants to get rid of Chris Paul's contract. (laughs) That's why he said everybody's available. That's just personally what I think. I don't have no knowledge on that. But I well, think that and Chris Paul walked contract. in there apparently and got into a fight with the with D'Antoni, then went and talked to the GM and said that you know the offense doesn't work. Um, now you see GM uh, D'Antoni going back and forth on whether or not he's even going to resign. I know what you feel about it, but I'm just saying, you know, the team seemed like it was okay in the middle of the season, right? The team seemed, you know, everyone was talking about the commercials with with Harden and everything else, and now. They're talking about how they don't really like each other like that, and there's there's friction. But yeah, of course, if you're Daryl Moore, you want to get rid. If you're, you don't have to do analytics to know that Chris Paul ain't meeting a forty million dollar a year contract. Period. Yep. Yikes. Yeah, man. All right. So that's uh, that's what we got right now, fellas. Pretty good little um, quick. I like uh, what we got. Hit a lot of topics in in a good amount of time. So. This last segment we always do is our kind of minute to win it. Oh, we forgot the asterisks. No, we, we didn't. The asterisks. No, we didn't. Why didn't I talk about the asterisks? Oh, okay. My fault. I yeah. think I thought we didn't talk about. I thought we didn't talk about if Tyler should have asterisks or not. I thought we did. go for it now. Yeah, go for it. Go but. for it oh. now. Oh, okay. Well, um, should Tyler have asterisks? I would say no. Um, like you pointed to earlier, Brian, I mean, you can look at things in almost every championship game or series and, th- and think, well, if that didn't happen, this didn't happen, that didn't happen, this didn't happen, this team would have won, that team wouldn't have won, blah, blah, blah. Um, of course, you know, being Laker fans, we know that, you know, Magic was Magic was out during the Pistons uh, series. You know, he played 75 minutes and Byron Scott was out and Detroit ended up sweeping the Lakers. 1984 um, for the Lakers when James Worthy got hurt the day hurt, before the finals yep, started. Yep, and they lost out. that one. Right. Uh, I remember when the Arizona Wildcats won their first championship with uh, Bibby Dickerson, uh, Jason Terry and Miles Simon. But Derek Anderson, had got hurt the game before for Kentucky. And I believe I still believe to this day if he had played, they would have won. Uh, there was a champ, another college championship game when Jay Williams, Boozer and Dunleavy was on the same team. And they played against Arizona and Gilbert Arenas had that bad ankle from the previous game. And I believe that Gilbert Arenas would have been the best player on the floor by a mile if he you know, was 100 percent in that game. Um, you know. I, I don't believe in asterisks. Um, one football note that we all know when Green Bay won the Super Bowl, they had damn near half the team on the IR, but they still beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. But if the Pittsburgh Steelers would have beaten Green Bay, nobody would have put an asterisk by their title because they're the Steelers. So, you know, I don't believe in asterisks. I mean, sometimes injuries happen. Sometimes who you play happens. I mean, it's just a matter of circumstances. Sometimes the league is just not that good. Like when Michael Jordan won his six titles, I've always said, you know, the league during that time was not good. In fact, the time where he won his last title in 1998, they had, what, six teams that had 60 losses, uh, you know, in that season. I mean, the league was just not good at that time when, you know, Jordan won his titles. But nobody ever looks at that. Plus, Jordan never played against great teams. 
you know, uh, Lakers are past their prime. You know, Phoenix just wasn't that good. Seattle wasn't that good. Utah had Greg Ostertag starting on that team. So, I mean, I'm never going to get on that. And then Portland was, you know, Portland. So, you know, he didn't play against great teams. Kobe played against better teams. LeBron played against better teams than what Jordan played against for his titles. But everybody always says six for six and don't put asterisks by his title. So, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe in asterisks. You know, you win a title, you win a championship. I mean, you deserve it. To, That's to what the, I'm saying. Yeah, and exactly what you just said. I mean, the, and the reality of it is, is that people put asterisks on stuff in the moment. There was an asterisk next to – there was plenty of people the season after – Golden State won after Chris Paul got hurt that said, I think that Houston was better. And if Chris Paul were playing and that they would have been able to win game seven and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I use the example. You have, it goes all the way back. Right. Portland would have won a championship if Bill Walton didn't uh, didn't get hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, Bob McAdoo for the Lakers. Um, the list goes on and on. You mentioned a bunch of the options in the moment. It'll there will be people who put it in. But it's just something to say. It's something that, that a bunch of guys drunk at a bar go, oh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But three years removed, four years removed, nobody puts it. You could even say Carl Malone's injury caused the Lakers to lose when they had Shaq and Kobe still on the court. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, right. And, and you like, put an asterisk on it. So you just can't you, – you, you, people do it in the moment because it's it's one of those last-ditch arguments for why, um, why they suck. But – the, but the, the reality of it is, is nobody cares a couple years down the line. It, it all goes away in the end. Nobody remembers them. Just a championship. Count rings. Yeah. All right. Good point. Sorry, guys. I'm over here jumping past the uh, last topic. All right. No worries. So, so that's um that's our show for, for today. Again, it's June 10th, 2019. Um, this is our last little segment, I think. Are we, are, I'm not missing nothing else. Um, where we just kind of do our, you know, you get a, a minute or two to just kind of speak on any topic you want. So, um, I don't know. Have you guys kind of thought about yours? Anybody want to jump to it? I'm going to go last. All right. <laughs> uh, B, you want me to go or you got it? Go for it. All right. So mine today, um, as a music head and, you know, someone crazy in hip hop and music in general, I was thinking about this. So this week I have, um, Lil John has a song coming out with Mac Dre. That's Wednesday. Um, so I'm just telling anyone who does hear this to please check on me this weekend and make sure I have not crashed my vehicle. Depending on how this song sounds, <laughs> I don't. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. If it's what I think it could be, oh man, it could be a crazy few days. Um, and then Kamaya, who also like from the Bay, has her has her single coming out uh, Friday as well. So a lot of cool little Bay Area slaps coming. I don't know. Lil John and Mac Dre just sounds outrageous and i'm hoping this is a tone for the summer now relating that back to sports i was thinking about this so rappers want to be ball players ball players want to be rappers right so you got a couple of songs that were like the best songs ever by by um basketball players and i think number one has to be can't stop the rain by Shaq featuring biggie um just a great song overall but that beat was crazy Shaq's verses were cool whoever wrote it if it was him or whoever it's biggie he always goes hard that's probably number one um followed actually i got chris weber and corrupt man with that gangsta gangsta i was in sack at the time it came out joe was kind of hitting it was kind of rocking um and then you got a bunch of you know kobe had an album you had the best kept secret album which cedric sabalos had a song jason kidd had a song all these other cats you know what i'm saying so um you know iverson gets the honorable mention as jules um that was just more controversial but i do know the lyrics if you put it on now which is crazy so um that's kind of where i'm at i was just thinking about that about 
basketball players who put out songs. Shaq, you get the the nod with "Can't Stop the Rain," um, and then you know everyone else kind of follows after. So that's that's kind of where where I'm at right now. It's all music related. So V. So I'm just going to take a moment to send out a lot of respect to uh, some things that are going on lately in sports. First, um, you know, Big Poppy got shot and Dominican Republic senselessly and they rushed him to Boston and he's there now and uh, they say he's in stable condition. You know, may he get better, Uh, more senseless violence in our world. Uh, I don't know why people want to try and you know rob the dude the dude's done so much for so many people you probably could have walked up and asked him for something and gotten it um then you know i want to also mention uh rafael nadal just won uh the french open again uh the guy is i think lost two matches on clay in the uh, on in french soil ever that's a ridiculous ridiculous standard I personally don't think that makes him the greatest ever, but there is a debate going around about whether or not he might, he's ascended to the greatest ever um, based on that. But, uh, you know, respect to him. Um, And you just, on the opposite side of that, no respect again for, for what the, what the Raptors fans did today, respect to Kyle Lowry for, for calling him out and uh, congratulations to my Vikings for signing, signing Kyle Rudolph to a four-year deal. I don't know if that means he's planning, they're planning on uh, keeping him because there was a lot of rumors that he was going to sign a deal and then immediately get traded to the Patriots. But, uh, you know, Kyle Rudolph has been a very big part of what the Vikings have done for a long time. And, and uh, I'm happy about that. So nothing in particular, no, uh, nothing, nothing too big a rant there. Um, and then uh, rest in peace to Bushwick Bill. I, I was a big Ghetto Boys fan, so uh, when I heard that news from Glenn um, the other day, uh, just take a moment to to say my respects to him. True that. Cool. Uh, mine's real quick. It, it has to do with something that uh, um, Obama had said um, the other day. Somebody asked him a question about something on NBA Finals. I, I can't remember what it was, but he brought up a reference that I've told people over the years for a long time that just doesn't get a lot of play with the media. And that was the job that uh, Gary Payton did defensively against Michael Jordan in the 1996 NBA Finals. Um, they, uh, when they asked Obama the question, he said, I forgot who it was. It was had to be something defensively because he said it reminded him of what Gary Payton did to Michael Jordan. We all know that Obama's a big, uh, a big uh, uh, Chicago, you know, sports fan, especially Bulls during that time. And uh, he said that he turned Jordan into into Kobe, like more of a, a volume shooter. Uh, and he never had seen defense played like that against Michael Jordan. And so, just to go through the statistics from that series, you know, he made Jordan shoot forty one percent from the field, which has never happened to Michael Jordan, including thirty one percent from three. Uh, some of the games that Michael had, they were just terrible. He was, you know, six for 19, five for 19, nine for 22. I mean, he was terrible in that series. But yet, of course, he's Michael Jordan. He still won the MVP. He shot. He only made 51 baskets out of 123. And and Gary Payton at that time had a calf strain similar to what supposedly Kevin Durant had. But I know he didn't. He would have been able to play a little bit on that calf strain, but he didn't. We all know it's an Achilles problem. But anyway, Gary Payton had pretty much half a uh, like one leg and he was guarding Michael Jordan and held him to that, you know, terrific defensive effort. And it never gets talked about in the media. Uh, Whenever you see Michael Jordan highlights from the finals, you never see any from the Supersonic series in 1996. Even though that wasn't a good team, it was just a great defensive performance. Obama acknowledged it 
So I've told people that for years, especially, you know, you guys who are in the barbershop who listen to me, you know, yeah, of course, I've said this for years and I told Gary in his face, you know, when I uh, when I saw him, when I talked to him about it, and he said he doesn't get respect in the media, but he says his peers respect it. And that's what counts most. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, so what Obama had said and what I've been saying for years about that defensive performance. That's it. Nice. nice. Yeah. Word up. All right. Shout out to to GP, man, from the town. You feel me? All right, so that's uh, that's our show's June 10, 2019, Sports Counterpoints Podcast. Always a pleasure, fellas. Um, quick shout-out to to my niece, Alyssa, to Jolo on birthdays, and then to Brian for some other achievements. You feel me? Congrats. No doubt. Um, no doubt. And um, that's that's our show Thank for you today. All. So uh, that's all I got, fellas. Any last words? None at all. See you soon. Looking forward to you soon. Thanks, Sorry, everybody, for listening. Game six. Yeah, we'll catch y'all later. Peace.